welcome back to the Drago podcast, brought to you by the Bitches Who Bark. In this episode, we find ourselves in New York City, where we'll hear from guests to share stories from Dirks's time on the streets of New York, the trading desks, to the pond in Western Canada, and the deserts of Burning Man. Stay tuned as we finally break down the Dirksy Doodle. Steve Malley, welcome to the show today. Malley, I'd say you and Chris shared some pretty formative years together in New York, and you've become one of his closest friends and also one of mine. So I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Um, But let's start out with when you met Chris. Tell me about your first impression of Chris Dirks. First impression of Dirks. Um, this is Steve Malley, uh, playing on the boards. He met in 2004. I thought he was a specimen of a man child. I hadn't seen a guy who was that big, who also had, uh, such good hands. I knew him mostly through, uh, Edna as the guy who, uh, ate dinner at their house and played Halo for hours every single night in the, uh, apartment they had with the uh, spiral staircase and was uh, Pasa's uh, adopted little brother slash son she never wanted. Um, and uh, also random was that he was roommates with a kid I played lacrosse with at Harvard who I thought was such an annoying little shit named Cam. Um, but I, yeah, I just remember Dirksy being a big, you know, fun-loving kid who uh, liked to get after it. So Steve, what are some of the things that you've learned from Chris over the years? And tell me some of your favorite memories with Chris. What I've learned from Dirksy. Um, the man can drink like a horse um, and play hockey the next day like a legend. He's a uh, hell of a finished finger player. Um... He uh, is always inventing uh, dance moves up at the World Pond Hockey Championships. Um, could crush uh, 24 cores lights, or I guess they were Labatt's Blues up there, and then uh, win a World Championship the next day. Um, just uh, just an amazing dude with a, uh, a great lookout on life who... Um, who just always has me laughing, whether intentional or unintentional. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the uh, Dirksy Doodle, which is a uh, dance move. Dirks created the World Pond Hockey Championships, which we have video of. you got to keep one leg straight, put the other leg way out in front of you, start bending it wildly like you're having a convulsion, and uh, start dancing a jig 
Um, a dance made for a guy who's about 5'8". Looks amazing when the guy is 6'4". Um, funny stories and memories with Dirks. Um, I'd say the, the biggest ones are, uh, are hockey trips or, um, or golf trips together. Uh, I entered the Boers without anyone knowing the World Pond Hockey Championships in 09. Went up there with Ed um, Sayer, myself and Chris Cornett, and we lost in the finals. And as we were flying home, Ed basically pulled me aside and was like, I know how you guys can win this thing. Um, you got to bring Dirks. So Ed stepped out, Dirk stepped in. We also added another buddy named Brad Parsons and um, went up there. And it was, uh, you play four games over the course of uh, three days, and then you play five in a row on a Sunday if you want to win the whole thing. And, um, you know, Dirk's is such an easygoing guy and just, uh, you know, having fun wearing uh, ski, ski goggles. We had a photographer there from like the Daily News and he's wearing a, you know, fake mullet and ski goggles. And then, uh, but when the games got going in the playoffs, he just, he just took over and became a, uh, became a beast. I think he one time shot a puck, hit this guy in the ankle. He was crawling off the ice. The puck came right back to Dirks and Dirks ripped it at it, ripped it at him and hit him again. He was in the goal, so it was okay. But another time in the finals, he just took a guy and basically launched him over a massive snowbank and just, uh, in his gentle giant way, just told him that you know he wasn't playing the next minute or so, and uh, I think he's definitely one of the biggest reasons why we won. We won the whole thing. Thanks, Steve. All right, let's pass it on over to Edna. Ed, I know you have millions of Chris Dirk stories probably most that are not appropriate uh, for many of our listeners, but share with us a good Dirk story. So a good Dirk story. This is going back, God, I think it was about 2004, 2005. And Dirk's had a roommate. We won't mention any names right now. But, you know, they, they, uh, they used to hit it pretty hard. Used to go out a lot. And, uh, Hit the city life. Um, I guess one of these nights, they had a big night. And Dirk's uh, in the morning, you know, we, we lived two blocks away from, from Dirk's down on Elizabeth Street. So he comes over, as he always comes over, because I don't think he was working at that point. And he shows up at, at my my apartment pre uh Earlier, he sent me a text. He's like, I'm coming over. I'm like, okay, great. It was a little earlier in the day. So he comes over, and he's got this horrified look on his face. He's like, you, you'll never guess what happened. I'm like, what happened? He's like, you, you'll never guess. But I'm, I'm in bed, and I wake up, and Cameron is peeing on top of me. It was the middle of the night, and... <laughs> And he said, he jumps up and Cam, I guess, was like sleeping, but peeing. Um, Dirks, I, I guess, looks like a toilet. So decided to pee on, on Dirks. Um, not sure what part of Dirks' body he peed on, but 
Dirks was pretty pretty rattled, and um, I think he's scarred for life. So that was a good one. That's one for the for the ages. Thanks, Ed, and thanks for all that you and Pasta did to take care of our boy in New York back in the day. You'll always be family to us. All right, let's change gears, and I'm so excited to not only welcome Michael Sayer to the podcast, but also um, some extra special guests, Carpy and Blair Bartlett. Hey, boys, welcome to the show. All right, this is Mike Sayre. I'm here with Dave Carpy Carpentier and Blair Bartlett. Um, we are uh, going to hopefully share some stories. So, uh, Dave, why don't you uh, start us out? You say hi. Say hi to uh, say hi to Chris Dirks, and then maybe say one of your uh, say one of your uh, stories about him. Hi, Chris. Who? who? Uh, Dirksy. Oh, that was the girl, Chris. Chris Dirks. Yeah, we played hockey with him. Who? Yeah. How do you spell it? Can I find him on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, he's on Facebook. D-I-R-K-E-S. Did Big I... guy from Brown. Who the fuck are you talking about right now? <laughs> look him up. Look him up. On HockeyDB. Dirks. Dirks? I'm nothing. I'm, I'm coming blank here. How, how, how okay. old is he? All right, so we'll, we'll come back to Dave. All right, so we've got, we've got Blair here. Blair, why don't you say hi and maybe share a couple stories about Dirks. I'm not finding him. Did you did you get that guy? Did you find that guy? Dude, I don't know what he's talking about right now. <laughs> uh, how do you spell Dirksy? Dirksy. No, his actual his actual last name is just Dirks. We just called him Dirksy. First name? Christine. I thought it was some chick named Christine. No, <laughs> just Chris. Chris Dirks. He's a hockey guy. Uh, Bart, hockey DBM. I I I can't find him. He's he's not a real hockey player. <laughs> okay. I don't. All right. Well, we we tried. <laughs> uh, anyway, Turksy, happy fortieth uh, birthday from uh, me, Carpy, and Barts. Hope you have a good one. Sorry. I love you. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> I thought you were gonna record. All right, we've got take two here. Uh, Mike Sayre here again, Dave Carpy Carpentier, Blair Bartlett, just reminiscing about the magnificent Chris Dirks. So I'm going to hand over to uh, Carpy here. Carpy, you go first. Well, the first and foremost, which I'm sure I'm not the only one to talk about, uh, this epic creature, Chris Dirks, and just a footprint that he's left in the world called the Dirksy Doodle. Um, so first time I ever saw this... Um, this piece of art was uh, in Newfoundland at the World Pond Hockey Championships. I think it was in New Brunswick. New Brunswick, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 one of those. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's a he's he's a man of the world, and, it's hard to and yeah, yeah, it really, it really is. <laughs> and you know, the 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 Dursey Doodle the Dursey Doodle really transcends all cultures. And uh, I saw it out of, the, out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, it was intoxicating. And I just saw it. was almost like the music stopped. But so the Dirty Doodle. It's like slow motion. Slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. 
I think it was a two, like, I don't know. I think it was like four non-blondes were playing, and he still, it's like, I, I don't know how it worked out, but he could still dance the Darcy Doodle to four non-blondes in that woman's really, really awkward voice. So, uh, anyway, so Darcy Doodle, um, but always in general, uh, there's one thing about Dirk's, uh, there's certain people when you meet, might be a thousand people around you, or just him and I. Um, but he actually, one of those guys, like when he listens, he actually looks you in the eye. It's one of those things I've always kind of recognized. Like typically most people are looking up and he's looking down. So you never really know. And you're kind of afraid of him, but, uh, you know, he, he listens, he looks in the eye and, and you know, like he actually gives a shit about what, uh, what you're saying. And so I think that's one thing I'll always remember about Darcy. Um, cause I tell stories and he listens. Cool. All right. Now we're going to turn it over to uh, Blair Bartlett here for a couple deep thoughts. Yeah, I just remember Dirksy is just a, a mean badass on the ice. Happy to have him on my team, number one. Uh, number two, uh, hell of a shot. Um, the longest stick ever. The longest stick ever, yeah. And for the first time in my life, he was a guy where when he shot, I would just stay away from the front of the net and just go to the net for the rebounds. Um, <laughs> Twice he didn't score. And, <laughs> yeah, and it's been a few years, but uh, thinking back, um, to the times when we played hockey together. Um, I remember Dirksy in the shower, and, and much like uh, <laughs> his little dipsy doodle dance, um, he is also a piece of art in the, uh, in the showers. Uh, just a beautiful body on that guy, just a masterpiece. Um, I'm not going to lie, similar to you, Carpy, I, I took a little peek out of the corner of my eye, and uh, He's uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. And so it was like uh, slow motion, right? yeah, it was like slow motion <laughs> and something I'll never forget. So dumb started flying. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, happy birthday, Dirksy. Uh, miss you. Hope all is well. All right, uh, just uh, you know, Carpy and and Bart's checking in, so uh, we'll have uh, have more to follow. But uh, happy birthday, buddy. All right, this is uh, Mike Sayer here uh, <clears throat> with another Dirk's 40th birthday podcast segment. This segment is actually brought to you by Fireball. Are you going out drinking with your hockey buddies and looking to turn it up a notch with an indifference as to whether you remember how many notches you turned it up? Then Fireball is the drink for you. It's great on ice or slugging straight from the bottle. We advise against storing it at the bottom of a pool, but we won't judge you for it. Fireball. The drink that's much better on the way in than on the way out. Now great on golf courses, too. All right. <clears throat> so I apologize because I'm just getting over a cold, so I, hopefully I won't cough the entire time I'm doing this. <clears throat> but one of the stories I wanted to tell about Dirksy was uh, from early on uh, in our playing days of men's league with the Boers together, uh, we, were, we often played uh, in the same deep pairing a lot. And, uh, and you know, Dirksy, I can say without question, is – is one of my favorite D partners ever. Uh, you know, he's uh, a big guy, so it always helps to have uh, someone out there uh, like that in case you get into some trouble. But he also had great hands and obviously an absolutely lethal shot. <coughs> and I always knew where he was going to be. I felt like he knew where I was going to be. So it was just uh, it was really, really easy to play defense with him. Just a great sense of the game and and uh, and obviously really, really skilled uh, and, and a lot of fun on the bench too. <coughs> but... This particular story goes back to uh, probably it was like maybe 05 or 04, somewhere around then. Um, and back then, you know, we, we were kind of in our mid-20s. Everyone was still in, you know, relatively decent shape. <coughs> and we used to have some pretty competitive men's league games, especially with uh, with St. Nick's. 
And, uh, you know, obviously we all took it a lot more seriously probably than we should have. But, uh, you know, that's what happens, I guess, when you're in your mid-20s and you still want to compete uh, and, uh, as, as hard as you can every day. So <clears throat> we used to play those guys and, you know, they had a bunch of D1 players who uh, largely were from kind of Yale and, and, uh, and a bunch of the Ivies. Um, and they always used to give us a hard time because uh, they thought we were a bunch of tryhards because uh, they thought that they were more skilled than us and better than us. Uh, what was really funny about that whole thing is that, you know, we obviously had a bunch of guys who played D1 and, and the Ivies on our team too. Obviously, you know, Dirksy played at Brown and then we had a bunch of Princeton guys. We had some Dartmouth guys back then and um, and a couple other, you know, Cornell and Harvard guys. And then, uh, you know, obviously a couple of guys like me who played D3, but, you know, we did our best to keep up. And then obviously our goalie, Scotty, played it at RPI. So, you know, as much as as I think St. Nick's like to believe that they were, uh, you know, more talented than us, uh, you know, maybe they were flashier, but, you know, at the scoreboard at the end of the game, most of the times we played them uh, resulted in us winning. <laughs> and I think it really drove them crazy because they thought they thought that men's league should be just sort of like a running gun kind of game. And they were, you know, they thought that they would be able to just kind of do whatever they wanted on the ice. And, you know, with D-men like Dirksy out there, and it, it, we made it a lot harder for them because, you know, Dirksy and, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the rest of us didn't really take their bullshit and uh, we didn't just let them kind of skate around with the puck. Um, but anyway, so uh, so there was one game where we were playing them in the playoffs and, you know, we'd, been, we'd already played them probably three or four times that season. And every time we played them, it just kind of got chippier and chippier. And, uh, and so we're playing in the playoffs and, and, and it, was, it probably was the finals. And, and, and so the game was getting chippier and chippier and, and guys were getting penalties, guys were getting pissed or whatever. And I just remember there was one guy on their team. I don't remember who it was, but he was, you know, he was skating through the neutral zone with the puck and he had his head down because he was like, you know what? There's no checking. And I, and I don't know what was going on in Dirksy's head, but I think it was probably something to the effect of, well, fuck this. Like, I'm going to make a statement. So Dirksy steps up <coughs> and hip checks this guy right at our blue line, and he went flying. The puck goes into our zone. Everyone starts screaming, hey, what the fuck was that? <coughs> this guy gets up, and he looks to see who just hit him because obviously his head was down, and he goes to start some, some shit with whoever it was, and as soon as he looks up and he realizes Dirksy's standing right there in front of him, you know, Dirksy's obviously a, a big dude and uh, not somebody that you want to mess with. You know, he went from like looking to pick a fight to sort of backing off and was like, hey, man, what was that all about? And the way that he kind of backed away from Dirks, like like a little like kid, uh, you know, was absolutely hilarious. And I think it was like the the, you know, the... <laughs> the um, TSN turning point of that game because Dirksy just took the wind right out of their sails, and you could tell there wasn't any fight left in that in that team after that because Dirksy sort of issued an ultimatum, and he was like, "If you want to escalate it, we'll escalate it, but then you got to come answer the bell." And there wasn't anybody in that team who was willing to answer the bell when Dirksy was there uh, laying out the challenge. And I think from then on, we dominated the rest of that game and and went on to win win one of our many championships with that Boar squad. So, uh, you know, I, I wish I could remember who the guy was and I wish I could, uh, 
I wish I could know what was going on in Dirksy's head when that happened, but um, it was uh, it was it was you know for for my men's league career, it was one of my favorite memories because it was just great to see uh, a guy stand up to a guys who were acting like a bunch of punks out there. So <coughs> anyway, <coughs> Dirksy, always fun playing with you, um, and hopefully uh, you know we've got a couple more a uh, couple more times on the ice together, um, you know before we hang it up. Uh, anyway. So thanks to uh, thanks to Fireball for this uh, podcast segment, and um, you know we'll uh, we'll send some more uh, some send some more over your way. All right, this is uh, Mike Sayer with my uh, last podcast segment for the uh, Dirk's fortieth birthday. Um, <coughs> this segment is brought to you by the Dirgler, a new cocktail uh, out in Scottsdale, Arizona, for when you don't know what you want to drink. Uh, the Dirgler enjoy um all right so my first impression of chris was um he was just really big uh i think it's uh, probably the most noticeable thing about him and uh you know when i remember when i shook his hand i felt like i was a two-year-old shaking a 40-year-old's hand like i felt his hand is so much bigger than mine i felt like he could have crushed my hand uh pretty easily <coughs> um and i think earlier on you know, Chris was uh, was really shy and didn't say a whole lot. Um, but when he did say something, uh, you know, everybody listening, it was usually something that was really hilarious. So he's got a great sense of humor, you know, sort of dry, uh, kind of sarcastic and witty. <coughs> and if you uh, if you don't listen closely, you miss out on it. Um, you know, so I think yeah, you know, even though Dirksy may not say a ton. Uh, when he says, when he says things, everybody tends to listen and, uh, it's usually worth listening to. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that was my first, uh, I guess, impression of Dirksy. <coughs> um, I would say, you know, Dirksy for me is one of those guys where, um, I feel like I could go and obviously I do this now, but I feel like I could go a year or two without seeing him. And then when I see him, it's like I saw him yesterday. So you know, it's like uh, there. Are, I don't. I don't have a ton of friends who are like that. Uh, and obviously, I wish I I got to see Dirksy more than I do. <coughs> um, but it's always great to see him. He's always a lot of fun. Um, and I think he's one of those guys where, you know, if you needed something, he would be there for you in in you know in a second without any questions asked. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen him stand up for guys on the ice. Uh, you know, I've seen him help people out all the time. And uh, I think he's just one of those guys. He's a, he's a great dude with a big heart. And, um, you know, it's, uh, he's, I'm happy that I became friends with him. And, you know, again, I wish I saw him more than I did, but I, you know, I, I remember feeling like really, um, really sort of privileged and honored to be invited to, uh, to, to, you know, Dirksy's and Sarah's wedding because, um, you know, uh, it was it was really, really awesome to see him in that setting with his family and thinking, you know, thinking about things that, you know, I typically don't see him think about. You know, 90, 99% of the time I'm seeing him on, on the ice or in the locker room or at a bar. And, you know, he's really funny and, uh, and a lot of fun to hang out with. <coughs> but you don't get to see him a lot of times. <coughs> Jeez, sorry. Um, thinking about, you know, 
his relationship with his family and with Sarah and, uh, and, you know, I, I still remember, you know, his line from the wedding that, you know, when he met Sarah, his heart was like a hockey puck and, uh, and that, you know, Sarah really, really, you know, I think helped him through that and opened up a, a lot of, uh, a lot of who he is now, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's a quote that I think will always stick with me for Dirks because, I think, uh, you know, at his core, he's a hockey player and maybe he'll always think about things in hockey terms, but there's a lot more to him than just that. And, you know, when he gets the chance, he's, he can, you know, you know, really say a lot of things are really insightful and intelligent and, uh, and it's awesome to, to be around him when, when he does that. So (coughs) anyway, um, so that's what I've got for Dirksy. Dirksy, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, I wish I could be there, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing you in January and, um, you know, we'll, uh, you know, hope to see you again soon. Um, anyway, bye. Sayer boys, you are absolutely the best. Thanks for sharing just a few of these memories. I know that Chris's time in New York meant so much to him. He has tried hard to find a team that comes at all close to the Boers, but I know he never will. Um, But he'll always have those memories and those trophies to remember it by. So as we wrap up here in New York, the next chapter in Chris's life takes him to D.C., which I'm biased might be some of the best years of his life. Stay tuned as we head to our nation's capital.